Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Linux After Dark. I'm Joe. I'm Chris. I'm Gary. And I'm Dalton. Welcome back, chaps. What's the one thing you miss from proprietary platforms on Linux and the one thing you miss from Linux on proprietary platforms? The full Steam library. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Although that is getting better, to be fair. Yeah, so I'll go with something that I miss on Linux from proprietary platforms first. And I guess it's not so much a specific software thing as a software and hardware tie-in thing. And that's just the integration that you get on the Mac between the software and the hardware and how that enables it to be really performant, the battery life to be about 20 hours long, and generally for things to just work without me having to mess with adding some kind of -of out-of-tree driver or work out why sleep mode isn't working or why my battery's draining overnight. And that's something that for the longest time has really plagued me. And I think we are getting there in the Linux world. So my daily driver machine now, broadly, I don't think about it, but it's definitely just doesn't quite have that edge that Windows would on that same machine or that Mac OS does on a Mac. I think for me, I was thinking about Windows having sometimes a checkbox for something like Android apps and the same with Chrome OS to be fair. So I don't have a very large use case for running Android apps on my desktop machine, but occasionally I have wanted to do it. And I've quite liked being able to do that on the Chromebook when I have. And then Windows 11 introduced the feature. Now the system requirements are quite beefy, but you can just go a bit like you would with WSL. You can go into a menu and say, I would like Android apps. It took them a while to roll it out in the US first and then to a wider international audience. But when you go to the Linux side, there was Anbox, but I feel like that's kind of a bit dormant now. Wagedroid is on its place. Yeah. So you have Wagedroid, but I am not running a desktop environment that's capable of a Wayland session. And so I can't run it on my regular machines that I'm using. So that's just an example when sometimes a feature comes along where you just go, I would like that and I can have that. Instead, it's, I would like that. I'm now going to read the wiki and the readme and the GitHub page and realize that maybe my kernel's not compiled with the right headers for this particular feature or my environment doesn't have a Wayland session or whatever you want from that list. And that sometimes is a little bit frustrating, I think. For me, it's pretty straightforward. It's much like Dalton and the games, it's just certain proprietary applications. And unlike a lot of people who want Adobe stuff, I'm not really bothered about the latest Adobe stuff. I've got my ancient Photoshop that works on Linux, although I tend to use GIMP anyway these days. But uh, just like audio stuff, really. And yeah, I know there's various audio tools on Linux, but just stuff that I'm really familiar with, like Reason. Like recently, I made the Linux Matters theme tune. And I I used various proprietary tools to put that together. And it would have been nice to be able to do it on Linux. And I've tried, man. I have tried Wine and Proton and all sorts. And some of them just don't work, the tools that I need. They just don't work well enough. And um, I could do a VM, but then, you know, VM versus dual boot, there's not much in it, really. You're still ultimately using a proprietary system. And... You know, I, I think uh, the question of like, what can we do about that really comes down to just stop criticizing Canonical, I think, <laughs> f- 
for their snaps thing because the only way we're going to get stuff like that is via snaps. I don't think it's very likely, but if we are going to get the likes of Creative Cloud and Ableton and stuff like that is via snaps, and that's going to take a lot of work by Canonical to do that. And, and every time something gets posted as a snap for the first time and the peanut gallery just goes, oh, this should have been a flat pack or couldn't you have had a PPA, blah, blah, blah. Oh, snaps suck. That surely puts people off from releasing their software. And uh, a lot of people don't want proprietary software on Linux, and that's fine, man. Like, don't use it. Cool. But a lot of people do, and I think it would be good to have proprietary software, big name proprietary software. And so, yeah, that's the thing I miss, really. There's always the small name stuff, too, that's sometimes just as important for people. We always say that it's the applications, and we're proving that here, but one time I wanted to get all the metadata out of my pictures on Google Photos, because I download all of them in the Google Takeout format. And, yeah, there's a bunch of tools that I could have used on the command line to do it on Linux, but ultimately I bought a program that I just took my and all of my family's pictures and shoved it in, and it went, okay, I'm done now, and that was it. I think on the flip side, what I miss from Linux is I still, to this day, really enjoy live booting a well-curated distribution. And the fact that you can't do that on Windows or MacOS, you can't take the installation medium, boot into it, get an internet connection, and use it until the power goes out and everything is gone from the RAM again. That, to me, it still feels like witchcraft to this day. I love having a multi-boot USB like Ventoy in my backpack and being able to quickly boot a machine if the internal drive is broken or if I want a specific tool. I've done it before where someone says, oh, is there a way that I can grab that thing from iPlayer because I want to watch it? And you just boot up and you can install Get iPlayer and pull it down. And they're going wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I could get that going on Windows, but I'm more familiar with Linux as well. But there are lots of programs that are just a quick pull from the repos of whichever distro you've live booted. And I still find that to be an incredibly powerful feature of Linux. And you can boot Chrome OS Flex and use it live, but it's very limited in terms of what you can do as an operating system. I think that same thing too, being able to just take Linux, you know, for me, who's done a bit of embedded before, just being able to take Linux and have a single use boot disk that you can do a thing that you want with. Like I made Boomstick for the purpose, which is a purpose built tiny Debian distribution that just wipes all of the media in your computer. Don't use it unless you specifically want to do that, by the way. Or you hate someone and just plug it into their machine in the back so they can't see it. <laughs> so what, like D-Band, but without having to type auto-nuke or whatever it is? If you don't type anything, it does take about a minute, 30 seconds before it starts doing anything. But yes. <laughs> okay. It's slightly cleverer than that. I'm going to blow Dalton's trombone for him here. <laughs> so basically, it will detect the different types of media in the machine. It's worth looking at, at Dalton's Git repository for this because I think it's an impressive piece of uh, piece of software writing. It's a bash script. <laughs> well, I still think it, DBAN is for Rust. You shouldn't DBAN an SSD. Right. You should be using the other things that Boomstick does, like Sanitize or there's ATA Secure Arrays and things like that. And Dalton's basically strung all this together so that it will go through the best possible options it can find and then fall back to other things. And then DBAN. Exactly. That's it. 
It's like with Joe playing around with Doom. This one's just boom. <laughs> yeah, boom or doom. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also kiosk distributions that do similar things. And, you know, Porteous Kiosk, for a couple of clients that had small businesses, that kind of thing, or a Raspberry Pi, which you can write a script for that just runs X and dumps a browser window there. All of these kinds of things, the adaptability is, is a real win, I think, for, for Linux. Yeah, and I think that adaptability is the same thing that I really enjoy, but not in the same way as building my own distro because I'm not going to do that and I'm probably not going to build an embedded thing like Dalton has. But just the way that if I've got a Linux box, I know that if there is something I can do, there's a way that I can do it on that machine. So like you said, Chris, you know, just being able to boot a machine, download something from iPlayer and then shut it down and then that's it. When I'm working on the other proprietary platforms, I know that there's probably, if I need to do anything system level, going to be something hacky that I need to do. Or even getting proper administrative access on some of these systems is a real pain. Whereas on Linux, I just feel like I'm in charge of my machine and that if I need to do something, then that's the machine I can do it on. I don't get that same feeling when I'm using Windows or Mac OS especially on a corporate machine where there's all sorts of stuff that ends up locking those down. Whereas even on my corporate Linux laptop, I've got root access. I can pretty much do whatever it is I need to do. Yours are both so vast. I just like middle click paste. <laughs> I always miss it. Uh, when I, whenever I'm on any other system and I just go and highlight some text and go somewhere else and middle click it. And I'll do that a few more times before I realize that I'm an idiot. I miss middle click paste. Okay, this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-proportioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Looking to eat well this summer? HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options, plus new vegan dinners to choose from. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavorful recipes that leave you feeling satisfied. Did you know HelloFresh offers more than just delicious dinners? It's now easier than ever to skip that extra grocery store run by adding snacks, sides, and more to your weekly order. Simply shop HelloFresh Market and take your pick from a curated selection of over 100 items. Dalton tried HelloFresh and said having all the ingredients together and correctly portioned is super convenient, and the great meal selection made it tons of fun to try out new ingredients and techniques. So support the show and go to hellofresh.com slash linuxafterdark50 and use code LinuxAfterDark50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash LinuxAfterDark50 and code LinuxAfterDark50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Quick bit of admin then. First of all, thank you everyone who supports us with PayPal and Patreon. We really do appreciate that. If you want to join those people, you can go to LinuxAfterDark.net slash support. And remember, for various amounts on Patreon, you can get an advert-free RSS feed of either just this show or all the shows in the Late Night Linux family. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can email show at linuxafterdark.net. I've got a pretty simple one on Windows. I miss networking because uh, I am not connecting Windows to my network. No, thank you. <laughs> That's just for music stuff and whatnot. And no, I'm not connecting that to the network. VLANs or whatever, no thanks. Transfer stuff over via a flash drive or a shared partition or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's sometimes quite a bummer to not have network. And like, oh, right, I've got to reboot into Linux. But it's a rule that I try and stick to. And so far, so good. You know what really grinds my gears about that is how difficult it is to get files from one computer to another over the network. 
or even with a flash drive sometimes. I don't know why we have made it so difficult to take a bit of data with an extension on it and move it across the network. The best I've seen is Warpinator from the Linux Mint community, which has a client for everything at this point. It's great software. Someone fix this problem or just use Warpinator, I guess. Well, isn't rsync the solution to that? Well, no. no, because there's no binary for Windows. Yeah, but Windows doesn't have the network, so that's not a problem. Well, for you, <laughs> yeah, of course. But we have, we have this problem, you know, at my job, we have users that are on Windows machines, and if they're on a managed machine, they've disabled WSL because there's various potential vulnerabilities there. And so our documentation points to rsync because it's such a powerful tool, but you don't have access to that on a Windows machine unless you have some kind of VM or WSL or SIGWIN or any of those things to run a Linux binary. And so they have to fall back to FileZilla or something else, which just isn't quite as good. And that's what I was thinking, as you were saying, Dalton and Gary, like quite often the best ways to achieve things are written with a FOSS stack and a Linux stack. So one of my friends who's a Windows user was trying to get videos from YouTube <laughs> and doing what most Windows users do, which is to Google YouTube video downloader and go to a horrendous website, <laughs> which fills their computer with malware and pop-ups just to get this video, which on the back end on the server is clearly going to be running one of the FOSS tools that does that. But she said, why do you get those things so quickly on your machine? So because I'm using the tools that are behind all of the nasty websites to get that stuff. And I think that's why it's going to be difficult for her to run a tool like that directly. There are good FOSS front ends for that kind of stuff now. But again, people wouldn't think to go to GitHub, then download an installer, then install it. They're just going to Google the actual thing they want to do, not a program to do the thing they want to do necessarily. Well, when it comes to the Mac, what I miss is a decent file manager, <laughs> something that can actually cope with Samba shares. Because, I mean, apart from the Samba share thing, Finder is just a train wreck of a file manager. Um, I've complained so many times about this, but like, just why do people on Macs want to rename files so often? I just don't understand it. Just no matter what you do, press enter, right, rename, okay, not open the file, cool. And just, I just cannot stand it. Press space, quick look. Okay. <laughs> what backs up that assertion, Joe, is that every Mac user I've ever supported has as many icons on their desktop as they can fit. And they just keep changing the zoom level <laughs> till they fit more and more and more and more on because they are not using Finder. They can't bear to use it. They just want everything on their desktop. And it's easier to look through the smallest zoom setting of unsorted <laughs> files to find your file than to use the file manager that's built into the operating system. It is shit. I agree with you, Jay. <laughs> can you brew install Thunar? I think I might have tried once and just, oh, maybe it did and it didn't work very well with network stuff, but I just wish I could have Thunar just exactly as it is on Ubuntu on the Mac. And then I would use the Mac a lot more, I think. Well, I have solutions to both of your problems. Jay, your problem is use the command line. And Chris, your problem is solved by stacks. Stacks? Yeah. So the solution I have to this on a Mac, as someone who also stores a lot of stuff on their desktop, is Aww. if you right-click on the desktop, there is a use stacks, and there is also a sort by kind name shared by last modified by. And what I then have is a thing on my desktop called 
JPEGs, and I click it, and there are all <laughs> of the JPEGs. Do you have another one for Mucky Kinds? Uh, yes, <laughs> clearly so. It seems like you cannot brew install Thuna, unfortunately, Joe, either. I just tried. It's not in brew. There just isn't a culture for alternative software in the same way as well, I think, on Macs. There's very good alternative software, but it's often paid for. Mm. And so there are less options, but when there are options, they're good. But I think you've had suggestions before from people writing into Late Night Linux about file managers for MacOS, but I'm not a Mac user, by the way. I, I just have never owned one that has been a daily driver. It's just what I've observed other people kind of jumping through to uh, <laughs> to get themselves <laughs> to their files. Yeah, I have had people suggest various file managers for macOS, but they're just a little bit better than Finder and just so much worse than Thonar. And people might say that, oh, Dolphin's much better than Thuna or whatever. They're and wrong. I, yeah, I'm inclined to agree. And uh, Kaja or whatever, Kaja, the uh, the one on Mate, which is roughly similar to Thuna, I've, I've found. I'd take any of them over Finder or even any of the other ones that people have suggested to me, quite frankly. And you reminded me of another thing I always miss when I'm on one of the proprietary operating systems, well, specifically macOS, because I haven't daily driven Windows in about 10 years, is decent window management. Why is it so hard? And why do I need to install a third-party thing to do split-screen or quarter-tiling or anything else? Why is that not just built in? This is really just turning into the let's shit on macOS podcast, but (laughs) screen management as well. Like, I want to... Output to my screen, close the lid, and have it not go to sleep. Oh, we'll just plug it in. I don't want to plug it in. The thing lasts for 15 hours. I don't need to plug it in. But it's clamshell, Joe. Clamshell. Everyone knows about clamshell. (laughs) Just let me close the lid. Clams don't only have shells during the umbilical cord phase. Yeah. Also, they're not mammals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You might be mixing things up a bit there. But yeah, I just think it comes down to... What I miss on proprietary platforms is the ability to do what I want with my computer and not have someone else tell me what I should do with it. Yeah, I think that's the most frustrating thing, isn't it? Is when you find something you don't like, there is always going to be a way. You might annoy the maintainers of the project, so there is that side of it. But there is always going to be a way to push and shove and wrangle it and mangle it to get the things that you want out of it. And you can make your own little jigsaw puzzle because you can the file manager example is a good example you can pull the file manager out and put a different one in now there might be problems with that sometimes but you know people spin up distributions where they used to use a pc man fm is that what it's called yeah yeah and so that's why we are the one percent or the dwindling one percent maybe (laughs) who knows what this percentage of desktop linux users there are now but that's why we're drawn to it, I think, for a lot of people is this is a different way to do things. And if I don't like it, there are lots of other different ways to do it as well. Right. Well, we better get out of here then. Remember, show at linuxafterdark.net if you want to send in your feedback. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. But until then, I've been Joe. I've been Chris. I've been Gary. And I've been Dalton. See you later. <laughs>